Welcome to Communication on Point. I'm your host, Dean Hefta. This program is designed to bring insights and ideas to help us grow our influence and increase our impact. And today I want to talk about two words, react and respond. On the surface, they might seem like very similar things that we experience on a daily basis. But as we dive into it, we realize that the difference between those two words might be the difference between our influence and not. Let's get started. React and respond. Think about that. There's things going on in our life every day that require us to have some sort of response. Now, we might refer to those as reactions, or I reacted to a situation, or I responded to somebody, and they seem like synonyms. They seem very replaceable for each other. But as I reflect on those two, I think there is a huge difference when we are reacting versus responding. And the difference creates some problems in our ability to lead, our ability to influence, our ability to be seen as a trusted authority in a different area. Let's talk about that. Think about those two words for a moment. React and respond. How do you think of them as being different? Do you get a different sense between the two? Is there a different emotion? Is there a different feel between those? For me, I think of react or reacting as being more emotional, as being more from our gut, being less about thinking and just physically responding or responding with a comment that maybe later we regret or maybe it came out as an extremely funny comment and we got a reaction from the audience. So we might react to something that then gets a reaction from others. It makes for great YouTube videos and reality TV, putting people in situations where they have to react, especially to unexpected situations. And those reactions then might get us laughing. The challenge is, in the day-to-day life, our role as leaders, as sales professionals, as technical wizards, whatever you find yourself doing, relying on reacting to things happening around us can hold us back from the influence that we desire. And I believe that the first step of this is becoming more aware of the moments where we are reacting or becoming reactive in a situation and what's happening in that moment and what's the consequence. So you think about that. Somebody says an offhanded comment that, you know, maybe is uh, not well thought out and we immediately come back with a reaction. And that starts a a cascade. Maybe that triggers this next escalation of the argument, which is a series of reaction and reaction to reaction. It's a chain reaction. And so in that moment, we have an opportunity. But before we think about doing something different, let's reflect on what's happening. Some of the things that are driving the reaction that we have is the story that we're telling ourselves in that moment. In a flash of a second, we tell ourselves a story. We see something And then we say something to ourselves. We tell ourselves a story to make sense of it. And then we do something, something physically, something verbally. We send an email or something like that. It is happening without us even thinking. And that's the challenge. It is emotional and physical. It's coming from inside of us. And there can be some satisfaction with that. There is like, yeah, I really told them. I got back at them for that. 
It kind of feels good. But over the course of time, when we see people who are reactive, who are simply emotional, we begin to doubt many things about them. Are they thoughtful enough to consider the options? Are they simply reacting to something that came up? Are they aware of the consequences of this decision that they've just made? Operating in a continually reactive mode can radiate through the organization and increase the temperature and anxiety and the eggshell sensation that people have, especially when leadership is continually in a reactive mode. What happens is clear information stops traveling upward in the organization because of fear of reaction from leadership. So there is a consequence even if we don't directly see it. In fact, it is the things that we don't see that become the consequence of our reactive nature. What's driving that might be in those stories we tell ourselves. It might be our defensiveness, our insecurities, our doubt that we have that we have to cover up. It could be the fears that we're feeling about how something might not be on track or might not go as well as we hoped it would. Maybe we don't want to look stupid or, or look less than. And so we feel like we have to protect ourselves. It's a protective mechanism. Understanding what's going on in me when I'm being reactive can help us to catch those early signals and, and dive into what am I dealing with right here? Because here's what I see is we learn about others through what they say and do. And so observing people's reactions gives you insight into what's the story they're telling themselves. What is their insecurity? What is their fear and their frustration? And so for us as individuals, it's figuring out what is going on in me that I became so reactive in that moment. That's that's the awareness piece of this. And so then what can I do instead? I don't want to just sit here like a bump on a log. I need to do something. And I believe that in most professional situations, the alternative is the response, our responding, how we respond. And responding is different than reacting. Responding requires thought. It requires thoughtfulness, reflection, curiosity, understanding, acknowledgement. So you think about that. If we can catch ourselves before we react by taking a breath and being able to say, give me a moment to, to think about this. I need to, I need to think through some of these scenarios so I can buy some time. And what I'm doing is I'm moving the source of my response away from my emotional part of me into the more rational part of me. Now, is there a case for me to use and rely on the emotional reaction? Absolutely. You've seen videos where parents jump into action in a split second and save their child from something. That is the effective application of our reaction. You have moments where you have a gut reaction to something, where you are repulsed, you are appalled. That is telling you something. You need to listen to that. There is something going on that requires your attention. But in our modern society, most of the time, the reactive nature requires too much cortisol, it's too much adrenaline, it's too high blood pressure for us to be thinking clearly. The temperature gets too high. 
And for us to lead, it means we need to turn the temperature down and shift over to the thoughtful response. So what can we do? What are some tools or, or, or tactics that you can keep in your toolbox if you want to move into more of that responsive approach? Because sometimes we get stuck in the middle. We realize, I don't want to just react, but I don't know what to do instead, and so I end up doing nothing. That's what we always do when we're not sure what we should do. We do nothing. And then suddenly, it's been days and then maybe weeks, and we still haven't gotten back to them. Suddenly, they're thinking, what's going on? Have they ignored me? Do they, do they not care about me? The term for it is getting ghosted. You know, we get the email, we get the voicemail, we get the text message, we look at it, we're like, eh, I don't know how to respond to that. I'll deal with it later. Often later never comes. And we kick the can and kick the can and kick the can. And so what can we do in that moment? It might be as simple as, got your message, need some time to think about it. And that is admitting. So the first thing is just admit, I need time, I don't know. It's okay, and it's very empowering to be able to say, like, at this moment, I don't know a good answer. I don't know a good solution. That is a response. And you can say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do some research the next couple of days, and I'm going to get back to you on Monday. So I can make a commitment so that they can know what to expect. That's one way, is I can admit I don't know, and I can let them know what to expect next. Another one is acknowledging that you received the message. Hey, I hear you. I got it. I'm listening. That acknowledgement is a form of response. And let them know, okay, here's what's next. Just like the, the previous one, like buying some time so I can be more thoughtful. And that allows me to move my response away from the emotional reaction into a thoughtful, helpful approach. Here's the third one, inquire. This is where good questions come in and open up dialogue so that you can gain greater understanding. Often, what feeds our reaction is misunderstanding, misconceptions. We try to be mind readers in understanding what we think other people's intentions are. That's a very dangerous place to be a mind reader about others' intent. When we move into the responsive mode, we get curious, we inquire, we ask questions. And those questions are things like, help me understand. Or I've got a couple of things that just aren't clear to me. You know, what is, a, what is going on with this that I could be helpful with? You know, I'm, I'm asking these types of questions. Essentially, the only type of question I'm probably not asking is why. Why can be a very defense-inducing type of a question. So I'm probably shying away from just asking pure why questions, but I am getting sincerely curious. And when they're helping me, and through that process, we might be uncovering an answer. We might be learning together what the right answer is for us. And that only happens if I get curious. And when I think about responses, when I think about how I can share my perspective with people in that moment. There's there's three questions I could ask myself. Uh, maybe a, a bit of a litmus test, you could say. In my response, is it true? 
you know, maybe if I make a reaction, maybe it's not all that true. Maybe it's just something emotional and I just want to make them look bad. But when I think about my response, is it true? The second question is, is it kind? Is it delivered in a way that is honoring the person as an individual who is valuable and worthwhile? Is it kind in its delivery? That doesn't mean it's sugar-coated or I'm not delivering facts or truth. I might be communicating it very directly, but is it delivered in a way that respects them as an individual? And the third is, is it helpful? Is the message that I'm conveying helpful to their growth, to their effectiveness, to who they are in their role and as a person? So in my responses, if I can buy some time, cool the temperature, do some reflection, acknowledge that I need that time, that I'm not just going to leave them in limbo, and maybe I need to get curious. And think in terms of, is my response true? Is it kind and is it helpful? Can help us to move from what might feel like a reactive, high emotion mode of operation into a more helpful, more effective mode of response. Hopefully there's something today that that you can put to work right away in your interaction and your leadership and your connection with the people around you, the people that are counting on you. I appreciate you investing today with this podcast, with me today. And, and I always love input and feedback from listeners. If you have thoughts or questions that you'd like to share, be sure to email me. I'm Dean Hefta. My email address is dean at clarisresults.com, C-L-A-R-U-S results.com. And if there's somebody in your life that you think would benefit by learning about this podcast, about communication on point, take a moment right now, send them a note, send them a link to this episode and say, check it out. I appreciate your support and your help, and I wish you a very good week. We'll see you on the next episode.